This is Our House by Art, Humanity, and Action, a podcast where activists tell stories about the first time they realized they had to get involved and what happened next. I'm your host, Nicole Ferraro. I started to think I needed to get involved in a way that I hadn't before. It ain't over. We have a lot, a lot of fighting to do. I knew I had to be involved. I wanted to help. People call it a duty, like you have a duty to do certain things. You know, it started dawning on me that I have to do something. I grew up in Carson, California, Southern California, closer to the beaches. I would say where I grew up was pretty multi-ethnic. There were a lot of Polynesians, Filipinos, Black, Latinos, some white folks also. This is Princess Manuel. She's an activist who spends a lot of time working to empower other women in both of her leadership roles at Women of Color for Progress and at Affirm. Princess had her first political awakening in an ethnic studies class during college at Berkeley. And that awakening was the start of a journey that would lead her to understanding her Filipino activist roots and her responsibility to her community. So the college atmosphere really immersed me in so many different things and gave me a different worldview. Ethnic studies became one of them, and so that's when I started learning more about race and racism and um, colonization and globalization and injustices in my community and how they're related to history and um, certain systems that are in place now. All these big terms that like, you know, are really complex, but they don't really sometimes resonate with most people because it's such a academic language, even though we feel it on the ground. What I remember was graduate student instructor came down the steps and did the haka dance, which is a warrior dance in Polynesian culture, Maori cultures. And then it just reminded me of my community because that was also what was happening in my community. Like, I, I grew up around a lot of Polynesians. But yeah, so it kind of opened up my um, worldview to how I grew up. A couple of people from my high school got into Berkeley, and so we kind of hung out with each other a lot. And so this girl, um, her name was um, Anna Española, and um, she actually invited me to my first Gabriella Network meeting. The, the word Gabriella, she's actually a freedom fighter from the Philippines, like during Spanish colonial rule. And so that's is a U.S. Philippine um, mass solidarity organization to build women's leadership and empowerment. They took me to my first action. It was a pro-choice rally. It was definitely out of my comfort zone, so I was afraid a little bit. I I didn't know what to expect. Um, and it was kind of like challenging the natural order of things, which is always uncomfortable. <laughs> but I was looking at the people there at the rally and learning more about why they were there. And I'd seen them unafraid and I'm like, okay, so. And then I remember one of my Gabriella Network sisters, she was pro-choice and she was wearing like this white tank top. And she, she was like showing by that point, like 
about to pop and it said pro-choice. There was just always protests at Berkeley, so it just became like, I don't think I ever left politics while I was in Berkeley. During vacations, like Christmas break, I go home back to Southern California. If y'all don't know, Berkeley's in the Bay in Northern California. And so it's like a six hour drive. I remember the first time my dad found out, or I don't know if he always knew, but he finally confronted me about it and said, you know, what you're doing isn't good. And then he did like a march. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're at marches, you do like chants. He did a chant and then he kind of mocked it. And I was like, I felt offended. <laughs> and I was passionate at that time. So I'm like, how could you like think this way? You know, you're an immigrant too. And then I found out he, he was also an activist in the Philippines during the Marcos years in office. <laughs> he started telling me all these stories about what he did. I finally found out he was... um a public relations officer, and then now he's telling me about activism in the Philippines. Like gruesome stories about like bodies being stacked on top of each other. So I think he, he told me he stopped because of his family. But it didn't really stop me. I, I was still like very interested to learn more. And so um, I kept learning. I kept learning from other elders about um, activism and how long they've been in the movement. I've seen children being raised in the movement now. But then over the years, we just like debate with one another about policies and who he supports and who I don't support. And I think it's more like he's, I was like, oh, he's actually, maybe he's just training me, you know? <laughs> so over time, he's just accepted that you're not going to stop being active. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to ask him that when I see him. Like, do you accept me as an activist? And so, but then I realized, like, I started to feel more empowered by knowing my roots and knowing that we did fight. After college, Princess moved away from direct political action and spent some time trying to figure out what she wanted to do. She worked part-time at an immigration law firm. She volunteered at a women's shelter. But eventually, she ran into Jolene Lovett, a former mentor of hers from the Gabriella Network days. Jolene told Princess the group had revamped and was now called Affirm, and she asked Princess to start a local chapter. It took me a year later to respond because I'm like, hmm, that's like, I haven't been politically active in so long. I've just been working in different law firms and learning like the establishment that way. And then Jolene introduces me to my co-coordinator, Primrose Vienna, who lives in Long Beach, California. And she's like, oh, you two should start a chapter. So I started to use what I learned in Berkeley back on the grassroots level. I guess it's a way of life. People call it a duty, like you have a duty to do certain things. For me, I feel like I am honoring my ancestors and how they fought for me to be here and also for my loved ones moving forward, like their future generations. But for me, I, I learned that it's it's something we were always doing. Like we were always, if something didn't feel right, then we need we would need to act 
upon it to make it better. I think we've all learned something from the organization that we could take into wherever we go. And so I think political activism, it's also what you learn and how you live your daily life. Princess now serves as the co-founder and national organizing director of a firm, as well as a co-chair for Women of Color for Progress. In a moment, we'll talk with Princess about her work with both of these groups and how you can get directly involved. Princess, thank you so much for your story. Can you talk a bit about what you're doing with Women of Color for Progress? Yeah, so I'm one of the founders for Women of Color for Progress. And um, we're a multi-strategy political organization, which was founded by Women of Color for Women of Color. Some of the things we aim to do is to create an inclusive and transparent political system that focuses on progressive human rights legislation also electing women of color in selected office, and ultimately creating a pipeline of women of color political leaders. So we do that through civic engagement, educational programs, resources, and also personal development. We actually just had our one-year anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I met a group of women, and we decided that we wanted to do something. What issues or policies do you think are particularly threatened by the midterm elections? Yeah, there's so many of them. (laughs) And a lot of my work, it's, like I said, migrant immigrant rights, education, environmental justice, like basic human rights, the criminal justice. I think it's like touched all the systems at this point, you know. All the laws, <laughs> all the policies. <laughs> if this any of this affects your life from food to um, housing, you know, basic human rights, if it affects you, I think it's important for us to pay attention to um, the mid-elections because that's where, you know, we can have our input and that's where we can challenge. I mean, we've, all, we've already been challenging these policies, but this is where we can actually have a lot of um, footing. People are listening to this podcast and feel inspired, ready to act. How can people get more involved with your work? If you're interested in learning of like different examples of how you can get involved, you can follow uh, Women of Color for Progress on Instagram or Facebook. Um, It's hashtag W-O-C, the number four, then progress. Or you can also follow a firm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's A-F, the number three, I-R-M. And then after you're doing your self-awareness, you can figure out whether, you know, this is an organization you would like to support or how we can work together. And, yeah, build from there, whether it's being a member or being part of a coalition. If you follow Women of Color for Progress, we have a bunch of educational events coming up. Um, especially for women of color who are interested in running for office. Um, We just recently did one on like what is county committee and how you can get involved. Um, We also did um, perspectives from newly elected women of color. And then um, I believe we're also doing one on like once you're elected or learning about the the regulations. It's kind of like a boot camp, (laughs) like the legal regulations and all of that and like running for office. 
Um, and then for a firm, um, I talk about like education, self-awareness. We have our summer school of women's activism, which is going to be, in, which is in July, August of this year. So it's here in New York. Yeah. All these events are in New York. But if you live in other parts of the country, uh, for a firm, we have different chapters. Okay, Princess, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast and for being in the world. You are awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you again to Princess for taking the time to be with us in the studio. We didn't get to cover this before, but she's also a social worker, which is just another awesome fact about her. If you want to get involved with Affirm or Women of Color for Progress, check out the links that Princess mentioned, which are also conveniently located in the show notes. And don't forget to join our fight to flip Congress by getting tickets to Our House Live, coming up on Tuesday, July 31st. All the ticket proceeds are going to swing left to flip the house blue. We'll hear awesome stories, share opportunities to get involved. Don't miss it. Details and tickets at arthumanityaction.com. This podcast comes from Art, Humanity, and Action, and it's edited and produced by Jeff Rose. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.